Welcome to Coffee with Christy, featuring your host, Christy Dryling. Do you need a little drive to achieve your goals? Are you this close to taking your business to the next level? Maybe you are just about where you need to be, but could use some help. Christy and her guests are ready to take you there. It's going to be a fun ride. Now, here's Christy Dryling. Well, good morning. I am so excited to be back here with all of you today, joining me from all around the world. It is Monday morning, if you haven't figured that out yet, and it is time to fill up your coffee cup with some goodness. I always like to start off my week with some good intentions and some good energy and and just great conversations with people that are making a difference in the world. And so I'm so excited to share with you a little bit more about our guest speaker today. David Dunham is a veteran business executive with five decades of experience in the book publishing industry. He is also a co-founder of Book Grabber, Inc., and he serves as the chief executive officer there. Book Grabber and its Grabber division is a marketing platform for any business and entrepreneur to enhance their promotional efforts through simple and customizable marketing campaigns. Additionally, marketers can access an email portal to send campaign invitations to their email list. Through his 42-year career, David has published over 850 books, including 27 New York Times bestsellers from 2002 to 2007. He served as a senior vice president for Tom Nelson Publishers, responsible for four imprints covering numerous genres, including business, politics, biographies, history, cooking, lifestyle, sports, humor, etiquette, and pop culture. In 2007, he formed the Dunham Group, specializing in publishing, talent management, consulting, and literary representation. Good morning to you, David. Well, good morning, Christy. So good to be with you today. Well, I am thrilled to have you on the show because, number one, we go way back. It's been, I don't know, probably six or seven years since I first was. Yeah, was it? I don't know. Time flies, you know, but I remember meeting you for the first time, David, and I just love your heart and you are just so humble. But what I love most about you is that you're always being inventive and you're focusing on growth and creating better uh, products for our world to make the world a better place. And so I personally have used uh, this new grabber platform. And before I share a little bit about my excitement about it and the testimony I have, I would love for you to share what you're up to and uh, what you're excited about these days. Well, thanks. And, and again, it's so good to, to join you on your, on your new show. It's, uh, it's really amazing that we can be heard around the world. You know, the technological advances are just mind-boggling sometimes. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I am, uh, and thank you also for that, that amazing introduction. Gosh, I don't think I could have written it better myself. <laughs> so that was so kind of you. And, uh, and so it really made me feel old. And, uh, but, but that's, that's okay though, because I'm one of those guys that love getting old. Um, I just celebrated my 65th birthday last week and, mm-hmm. um, and, and I setting out my 20 year new, my new 20 year goal. So I don't, uh, people say, well, when are you going to retire? And I go, well, uh, that's not going to happen unless God has something planned for me that I don't know about. Uh, so, <clears throat> but so it's, it really is exciting and technology obviously is, it's not, it, it's obviously, it's not new to anyone under 30 years of age or 40 years of age, but 
guys my age, it's a, it's it's still uh, relatively new. You know, um, I know I have a lot of buddies and friends in their 60s and 70s who, you know, who do okay with uh, Facebook and with email and. Um, and, and that's about it. You know, some, some of them can, can do word processing and, and that kind of thing. But, but it, is, uh, it, it is a phenomenal new media that we can, and it's really amazing to me, Christy, how we can communicate messaging, whether it's marketing or information, education, whatever it is, uh, in, in, such, in nanoseconds, you know, almost instantaneously. And, and I'm really excited about Robert. Um, you know, we, as you mentioned in my introduction, I, I've been in book publishing for 42 years. Uh, just had my 42nd year, actually, in July of 75. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, and it's, and it's, it's been, uh, an interesting, it's been interesting to see the publishing landscape change, but particularly in the last seven to eight years with the advances in the technology, you know, and, and I had, uh, I had you know, been, on, been interviewed quite a number of times, have spoken at different publishing events, and, and I've been asked the question, you know, you know, are e-books, electronic books going to take over physical books, and are we going to, are they going to, are physical books going to be a dinosaur and a relic, you know, and, uh, you know, in the next 20 years, and 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 my my short answer to that is no, uh, I don't believe so. Mainly because <clears throat> there are still a majority of people who still like to smell pulp and hold a physical book and not read it uh, on their mobile device or their laptop or Kindle or whatever it is. But about uh, about four years ago. Um, my son, Joel, who's worked with me for the last 10 years, uh, Joel, like, like most good technology ideas, they pretty much came come from 20- and 30-year-olds. Joel was in his late 20s at the time, and, and we, we had a, our, our publishing, the Dunham Group, our publishing consulting and, and agency uh, group, and we were getting a tremendous amount of requests from authors who... Most of most of them had been indie or were indie authors who had self-published through different uh, different self-publishing companies, CreateSpace, Zulon, Archway, and you know Wispo, and uh, any number of them, and, and they were all wanting informa- help on marketing their book, and that just wasn't in our wheelhouse. I mean, we're both pretty savvy marketing guys, I think, and but that just wasn't what we did. But we we would refer them to some agencies. We said, yeah, you need to. We think you should you know, beef up your social media and, you know, build up your Twitter and your Facebook, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we didn't really do any of that work. And Joel one day came into my office and said, hey, I've got an idea. Uh, tell me what you think about it. And he laid out for me this idea that, that morphed into Book Grabber. And it was, it's just, like you say, it's a social platform to, uh, for, for entrepreneurs, for businesses, whether you're a publisher, an indie author, whatever you are, uh, to to generate more visibility, more eyeballs for your content, and and then hopefully that converts into more readers, more sales, etc. And and so when he explained it to me, I thought I said, you know what, that really does sound amazing, and it sounds very very logical to me. But not being a tech guy, let's talk to our friend Tim because he is a tech. Tim was this, uh, at that time, mid-30 guy, and uh, someone I knew since he was 10 years old. 
and <clears throat> built an amazing company, software development company. Uh, one of the uh, just uh, just uh, just premier, just a renowned company today. And and we ran the idea by Jim, and he said, I think it's brilliant. That's a great idea. And I don't know of anybody who's doing that. So we we went and and we put a business plan together, went and raised money, brought in a third partner, and we launched Book Grabber in the summer of 2015. And we did it in beta, of course, and we brought on a couple of big mm-hmm. publishers at first. Mm-hmm. And and basically what we, uh, and, and a lot of indie authors, and and over the next year, we, we had about 40-some-odd publishers and about 40,000 titles. And the idea behind it was an author could share uh, a certain amount of their content, or all of their book if they wanted. Most of them wanted to share two or three chapters to tease people and get them kind of, give them a, a taste of what their book was about in exchange for them offering it to their fans and followers through their Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And so literally, even if you had, an author had 400, say, Twitter followers, they could post they could post it through the Grabber network and through our uh, platform with our algorithms and our programs. And when they ran it through our platform, as you know, so in your experience, they immediately, instead of just getting their message to 400, they could literally get it to thousands, if not more, potential people. And the idea behind it was, it's kind of what I call, it's kind of like compounding interest. It's one plus one doesn't equal two. It equals three or five or eight or 15. Because what happens is, if, if I share my book with, I have 1,200 Facebook friends, followers, friends, whatever. And if I share my book on my Facebook, and, and even 50 of my friends grab it to read the sample chapters, then um, automatically what happens is all of their friends, those 50 people, all of their friends and followers will get that same message that says, hey, grab this and share it with your, with your followers and get this free five chapters, free book, whatever it is. So literally we've had people that have gotten two and 300 grabs from their, their direct line of followers and friends and fans that have generated 50, 80, 150, 200,000 impressions because of other people. For instance, let's say that you had, let's say you had 20,000 followers uh, on Twitter, Christy, and, and I posted my book and you're my friend and you grabbed it. Well, automatically I'm going to get 20,000 impressions just from mm-hmm. your Twitter followers. You see how that works? Yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so what happened was, after we did the beta test, about about 15 months ago, we brought on a couple of consultants, uh, obviously a couple of guys you're very familiar with, uh, who worked with us to to transition Book Grabber into the Grabber platform. Because from day one, our idea was not to just limit this to books. Uh, but we started in books. We did our beta testing in books because that was my wheelhouse. That's where, as you said, I had 40-something years of experience. I knew all the, the main people at Simon & Schuster and Random House and all the big publishers. And so we were able to get to publishers. And so that's why we decided, okay, let's start with books. So, But we always knew that this would work for music and film 
and magazine, all these different, uh, all these other different categories, these other verticals, if you will, and uh, as long as it was digital content. So we, we lost that. We started building Grabber last summer, and we, we completed that in January, and, and we started testing with companies like AT&T, um, and, and we're Cricket right now, and then and, and other companies other than just independent entrepreneurs, and we've got uh, we've got some amazing campaigns coming up with uh, with companies like Babies R Us, um, Bed Bath and Beyond. Those are coming up here in the next month, and um, the Durango Boots and the, the U.S. Bowling uh, Federation. So uh, national companies, but also you know even small mom and pop stores. So even here in, in, in you know, your, your local coffee shop or your local diner, you know, even if they're just a small diner, you know, that we've got couponing capabilities, sweepstakes, as you mentioned, email capabilities, and, and now we're adding texting capabilities. So you, you've got a diner, you know, on Main Street, and they can, they can post a campaign on Grabber and say, hey, get you come in and here to download this coupon for, you know, a free appetizer this week. And all they have to do is, is click grab and then it's shared to, you know, to all of their network. And so immediately this small business can generate hundreds, if not thousands of more potential mm-hmm. customers. It's huge. I mean, I'm even thinking about hairstylists, you know, they can, mm-hmm. they, you know, they could go crazy with it by, you know, doing a exactly. free kids cut exactly. or something like that. And I had a great experience. I, you know, for me, I kind of have to walk through, I have to walk through it and see it and feel it before I sometimes truly can get it. And so sure. I, I did a campaign and I couldn't believe how simple it was and how affordable it was for the average person. So can you tell everybody a little bit about, you know, the, the cost of it? Yeah, and- it, it, yeah, it really is. It's, it's like, you know, you can you can set up for individuals. You know, it's 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 like twenty five dollars a month, which is three hundred dollars a year, which is nothing. Um, or you can pay it all up front for two forty nine, so you can get a basically two months free. And and essentially, you can run unlimited number of campaigns. All of our campaigns are set up on seven day cycles. And the reason it's seven days is that. And when you post something on your Twitter or your LinkedIn, or and by the way, we're on 195 social platforms now, not just wow. Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. So Pinterest and, uh, and you know, the, the, just any number of, of platforms that, uh, but you originate on, on five different platforms, but it can, we're having, we're having customers though that are, are getting, this is what makes Grabber such a great marketing tool because mm-hmm. we're, you know, we've got customers who may be launching their campaign on Twitter, let's say, or LinkedIn or Facebook. And, and then when they look at their analytics, and our analytics are really robust. You'll, yeah, I, know you, I know you were talking about how wonderful they were because in, 24, in real time, you can go look on your private dashboard and see how many people grabbed, how many people engaged, how many people purchased, uh, the the, uh, and then the geolocator that even tells you where your grabs came from. And we've got people getting, you know, 75, 200 grabs for their book or their, their coupon or whatever it is and coming from 
15, 20, 40 different countries. <laughs> so, because, you know, you might, you might be my friend on Facebook, as you are, Christy, and you may grab an offer that I, that I make on a, on, through a grabber campaign, and you may have a friend in Germany or one in South Africa that go, oh, that's pretty cool. I want it, you know? And so all yeah. of a sudden, when I go to my dashboard, I'm going, wait a minute, I don't know anyone in South Africa. And, and guess what? I probably, I know I don't, but somebody, someone in my second, fourth, or fifth generation down did, you know? And, and so that's the beauty of it. And so for, for, from, a, from a marketing tool standpoint, the other great thing is, you know, you might share your campaign on your Facebook, let's say, but and then you look at your analytics, it's going to tell you where all your grabs came from. This many, this percentage came from Facebook, this percentage from Twitter, this percentage from LinkedIn, Pinterest, etc. Because I may, you may grab my offer on Facebook through my Facebook campaign, but you may decide to share it on Pinterest. All right. And then all of a sudden, if I go, I don't have a Pinterest account, but let's say that I look at my analytics and I'm going, wow, you know, 21% of my grabs came from Pinterest. I ought to set up a Pinterest mm-hmm. account. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and start marketing my product through Pinterest. So, so that's the, that's a, that makes such an, it's a, such an invaluable tool. And even talking to AT&T when we did a couple of campaigns with them, uh, you know, they were going, wow. We only did this on Facebook, and we said, well, we know, but obviously not everybody wanted to share on it through their Facebook account. Some shared on Pinterest, some on Twitter, some on LinkedIn, et cetera. Well, this is super exciting stuff, and, you know, we have to take a break here, but I can't wait to come back and share with you some analytics from my campaign. So, everyone, hold tight. We will be back. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Coffee with Christy. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather ask or comment by email, send them to Christy Dryling at att.net. Now, back to Coffee with Christy. And we're back. 
Oh, thanks for holding tight. I know you're going to want to hear more from David because this is, you know, technology is constantly changing. And, you know, if you're anything like me, I mean, I try to be in the forefront of those changes, but it can sometimes be a little bit overwhelming. And there's so much noise and so much competition out there to be heard that I just love this. I believe it's new. I believe it makes life simple, makes business simple, and it makes it more attractive. Active. And so I wanted to share with you, I, I did a campaign, uh, some of you, you know, may or may not know, I, I built most of my, my successes uh, from the network marketing industry. And so I did a social campaign uh, for uh, some products within my business. And we hit 16,000 was our social reach. And I had 30 grabs. And that was just from one campaign that I ran. And wow. so it was pretty, yeah, pretty impressive. Uh, I thought for, te- you know, the $25 a month that I paid, that's pretty awesome. Wow. Well, that really is. I mean, and again, I mean, when you look at the ROI on it, and this is why even some public, some, some independent authors who have only gotten, you know, 60 or 70 grabs for their, you know, sample, you know, sample chapters of their book, they, they go and they, since there's a sales link there where that you can go in and put in, if you've got a product that you want to sell, like a book or a record or whatever, then you put the sales link, whether it's to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or your own website or wherever. And so that shows up on the analytics page uh, on your dashboard. It shows how many sales clicks. And, and I, I remember a couple of friends who are independent authors who said, wow, you know, I had, I had like 13 sales clicks. You know, another one said I had 20 something sales clicks. And, and I said, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good ROI. I mean, even if you've got a $15 retail book and you've got a $10 gross margin on it and you get 13 of them, that's $130. And the campaign was, you know, was, well, it's 25 a month, you know, so if you did even two a month, you know, then that's, um, that's basically $12.50, you know, for that many sales clicks. So, I mean, it's, it's really a, it's really a great, it's really a great marketing tool. And then the other thing is getting impressions, you know, a lot of, I mean, I, I kind of described this to several people about well, kind of like a virtual billboard, you know, you know, what you want, it's like radio television and billboard advertising that, you know, it, it's not a direct response. There's not a, typically there's not a direct response mechanism, obviously on some television ads, they'll have an 800 number you can call, you know, like for, for products, but generally there are mostly image ads like billboards. And so, you know, McDonald's may have a billboard on the interstate inviting you to take the next exit and, you know, come get a, Happy Meal or Big Mac or whatever, or Big, you know, whatever they call it. And, but, you know, they know that a very, very, very small percentage of the people are going to take that next exit and go to McDonald's, right? But they know that over time, impressions are valuable. That's why they pay good money for those, those, uh, high, those high-priced real estate on these interstates for their billboards because they know that from, from, their, from their statistical analyses and what have you, that there is value. If they get a million eyeballs passing that billboard today, that that's going to convert into X number of sales. And so it's kind of, loosely, it's kind of a very similar principle there. I mean, the fact of the matter is you can get direct sales from your campaign. So if you wanted to sell an Arbonne product, for instance, then certainly you could. If you wanted to just use Grabber for lead generation, then 
you can just see how many people you, you were able to generate, and then you know what your conversion rate is. Well, I love it. You know, I actually went in and logged into my my book grabber, and uh, it said, I mean, it was amazing, 157 grabs. And uh, and then we had 49% was from Facebook. It was a 71,000 social reach. Wow. and. Yeah, and what's so cool is that you're right. Like there, are people from India, but you know, got the grab. Uh, people yep. from uh, Germany and uh, you know Australia and Asia and all over. It was pretty cool to look at that. So, you know, I I know people are really excited to uh, dig into this and and see what they can do for their own businesses. Is there? Um, do you have a website that they can log mm-hmm. in? Of course. I know you do, but (laughs) can you share with them how they can actually learn more about Grabber? You bet. They can go to Grabber.com, real simple, G-R-A-B-B-R, there's no E, and and it it will walk them through exactly how to set up a campaign. And like you said earlier, it is so simple. You know, even a 65-year-old man like me could do it easily. (laughs) So there's nothing nothing complicated about it. It's like four easy steps, you know, And, and it's really... Uh, it, and, and it's great because you can sign up for $25 a month or, and, and try it out if you want to for a couple of months. And then if, it's, if you see that it's a, a useful tool, then you might want to keep on the $25 a month or you can sign up for the annual uh, subscription and, and, and get a discount. Well, I love it. And I just want to thank you for always focusing on being growth driven and, uh, you know, creating something so powerful that I do believe is in the forefront of of the uh, the new way we do business and things are always changing. And I've, I've noticed over the 15 years of me being in business, things have dramatically changed. And I'm 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 constantly working on being uh, ahead of the 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 game. And that's what I believe you've done here is you've created something that is going to be so big. You're going to know about it. Everybody knows about Facebook. Everybody knows about Twitter. Wow. Well, Grabber is going to be that. And wow. it's just going to be thank a part you. of business. So thank you for creating that and tell your, your son, well done. <laughs> well, thank you, Christy. And I know we're going to be doing a lot of business down the road. And, and if anybody has even any questions after they've gone to the site, they can email us at info at grabber.com, I-N-F-O at G-R-A-B-B-R.com. That's awesome. And I know you work with a lot of corporations. So if you have a corporation out there, I mean, real estate, you name it, um, any big corporation out there would benefit from this incredible, incredible platform. So, David, as always, my dear friend, thank you for uh, being such a great citizen of our world and a great friend and I will connect with you soon. Thank Thank you you for being on our show. Appreciate you having me on. God bless. Bye, sweetie. So, wow, I know all of your cups are filled up with that, and I hope many of you are taking notes, and and you're probably already Googling Grabber right now, and I always want to give you spiritual content, you know, that help fill your cups up with goodness, and I also want to give you tools that can, you can just add to your tool belt for some more success in your life. I mean, we're, in, you know, we're in this together, so we might as well help each other, right? And I think a lot of people fail to succeed because they're so focused oftentimes on what they're not getting in life and and what they haven't accomplished. And and when we focus so much inwardly on 
our needs not being met, that is when the universe stops responding to um, our our wishes and desires. And so if we continue to give the good stuff and we continue to share good stuff with each other, that is when prosperity begins to chase after you. And so I'm excited about our next guest speaker, and I know you will be too. His name is Mike Lundgren. He is an artist, and he draws on a deep current in photographic tradition that takes the natural world as the seat of transcendence. Lundgren works collaboratively with artists, scientists, and writers on historically and socially engaged bodies of work, but his true passion is the poetic potential of the medium. Lundgren spends his formative years roaming the woods and fields of upstate New York, receiving his B. BFA from Rochester Institute of Technology. Pulled by the vast Western landscape, he moved to Phoenix, Arizona, where he earned an MFA in studio art from Arizona State University, and he continues to work in Sonoran Desert. So, I mean, he's just a cup full of interesting, and I actually learned about Mike when I volunteered for uh, the local TED Talk here in Kansas City with my son. And I found that he was in charge of of the development of that with the company he works for, VML. And I just think he's a, you know, a delicious human being with a lot of goodness to share with all, has a lot of goodness to share with everybody. So I want everyone to welcome the amazing Mike. Are you there, bud? I am. Good morning or good good day. Good day to you and welcome to Coffee with Christy. I am so excited to have you on the show and, and, and I'm really excited for everybody to learn a little bit more about just who Mike is and and all the goodness that you spread in the world today. So can you give our audience a little bit of a storyline of you? Sure. Um, and actually, the uh, intro confuses me with a semi-famous photographer but that goes by exactly the same name. This happens periodically, so no worries. Uh, I'm more of a technologist, which is fine. I've uh, worked at, uh, you know, in, in sort of technology my entire professional career at Apple, at GE, a company called iOmega that used to make zip and jazz discs. Uh, or, or storage. I worked in the music industry for five years, kind of on the technology and um, and, and fan experiences side of that. And for the last uh, twelve plus years, I've been working at uh, one of um, the world's you know most cutting edge uh, advertising and marketing firms, VML, and uh, headquartered here in Kansas City, but with offices all over the world. Oh wow, wow! So you know we have we have a bit of a connection there. Uh, my husband, fifteen years ago, worked at VML as well when it was just a baby in the baby stages. So uh, they are powerful and they are um, you know in the forefront of advertising and marketing. And so you know you have accomplished quite a great deal in your life as as um, you know a, an artist and technologist. And so can you share with everyone a little bit more about what you're working on these days? and what you're excited about and moving forward? Sure. Uh, well, every every year about this time, uh, I'm pretty much working on one thing, which is uh, curated and producing a TED event, and it's TEDxKC. Uh, the X stands for Independently Organized, and we've been doing this for nine, nine years. So we're in our ninth year, 
Uh, we're one of the world's largest. At, at one time, we were the world's largest uh, for uh, maybe a year. I think we <laughs> might still be the largest in the in the U.S. And we put on a, an event here in Kansas City that is both live streamed on a global basis, televised, and then of course the talks eventually make it online as well. Well, it is incredible. I know I had wanted to go to, you know, experience a TED Talk locally for quite a few years, and they would sell out instantly. And so I thought, well, the only way I'm going to be able to get in there is to volunteer. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of the most reliable ways to get a ticket is to volunteer. We have uh, some 900 volunteers, but honestly, about 70 or so each year. Uh, come out and support the program and, and get a ticket, you know, in in payment for that. But yeah, we sold out this year in in four minutes. We think it it, <laughs> it might potentially be a TED World Record. It was <laughs> they were gone in a flash. And honestly, it's just exciting to live in a community that responds this well and and this passionately to intellectual programming. And since that that is truly one of my great passions, it, it it's really rewarding to live in this city. Oh, it is. You know, a lot of people, I was just in Taiwan last week and someone had said to me, well, why did you choose Kansas City? Like, you you just don't seem like you would live in Kansas City. It's interesting people's interpretation of what they think, you know, Kansas City is all about. But once they get here, they're like, this is a gem. This is like the best kept secret. And I'm like, I know. It is absolutely amazing. We have such talented people here in this community and uh, the price of living is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. that make, that that helps. So tell us what was one of your favorite TED Talks that, um, that you held in Kansas City? Well, you know, this is really a challenging question for me. I don't really do uh, favorite colors that much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or movies, and uh, and I think of each of my speakers as is you know one of the family, and it's hard to have favorites. But there's right. there's kind of there's talks that I really that have touched me in one way or another that that Ted has put on, and then there's talks that that we've done that for one reason or another have, have felt kind of quintessential. And uh, on the Ted level, you know, one of my favorite talks was by Catherine Schulz, and she's a wrongist, uh, so she studies. Uh, what it's like or how we get things wrong. And she has this beautiful story about driving along with one of her girlfriends and seeing this roadside sign. And to make a long story short, uh, eventually her friend, you know, kind of points to the sign and, and then they, she puts the, the, the sign up on the screen. And, and we all realize at the same time that it's the sign for a roadside picnic table and not hieroglyphics. And so we all have this, you know, huge laugh. But then she says, so what's it feel like to be wrong? And, and this is really one of those pivotal, pivotal moments. And, and I think one of the things that makes for a great TED Talk is when you think the world works one way and then you find out that it actually works differently or there's a new way of thinking about it. And she's, you know, and, her, and the big payoff here is that uh, she says, no, 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 feeling wrong feels exactly like feeling right. It's only when you realize you're wrong that it feels different. And that's why we have a global financial crisis and of this and of that. And so that, that would probably be one of my favorite talks uh, you know, from TEDxKC, we've had uh, nine or so speakers either be invited to the TED main stage, uh, you know, kind of maybe on average one a year, or uh, have their talk make it to TED.com. And so, they, again, it's super hard to choose, but a couple of years ago, Lawrence Lessig gave an amazing talk about getting money out of politics. And, uh, you know, I think it was, a, it was timed well, for sure. 
and was very passionate. Uh, and, you know, so I'd encourage your, your viewers to go look that one up. Yeah, we'll have to definitely check it out. We're, my husband and I are on the road quite a bit and uh, we, we go to, te- we listen to Guy Raz all the time, the podcast, you know, and uh, if it weren't for TED Talks, we would have some boring uh, drives to baseball tournaments. That's for sure. So we're grateful for people like you that are out there pushing great content and good information out into the world. I really don't know what we did ever before. Uh, we've had this social media platform to share information. And so I'm, I'm going to have to check out that one, uh, the, the wrong, uh, that TED Talk. I, the wrong, I, uh, yeah, Catherine yeah, Schultz. Yeah, it, it, I definitely... Really <laughs> it's yeah. uh, you know in some respects like if you listen to this american life after a while you realize that that's the formula that uh people think the world works one way and then they're surprised to find out it works another uh, but in general you know ted is about ideas worth spreading and that's really my role is to seek out people that have interesting ideas that um, deserve to have a larger stage and to have people be introduced mm-hmm. to it and whether you know it Sometimes that may change your worldview. Uh, it may raise an issue and may not necessarily provide the answer to that issue, uh, which sometimes people complain about. But in reality, TED is this huge platform of ideas that is connected to literally billions of people. And in so doing, by raising you know a problem in the world, somebody else might see that and have the solution. And so I've seen that arc many times. And so it's, yeah. it's, it's really a fabulous format in that regard. Well, last week I had my dear friend uh, Gary Goldstein on, and he had um, he had did a TED talk in out in uh, California, and he shared the story about you know he produced Pretty Woman and Mothman prophecies and Under Siege, and when he wanted to go to produce Mothman, everybody turned this down, and um, one of the studios said to him, you know thanks, but no thanks. And he said, well, um, I regret, I, 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 I'm sorry, but I just can't accept your no. <laughs> Right. And it, it's such a great story because he went in there and closed the deal and explained on a deeper, meaningful level why that movie needed to be made. And so it's TED Talks like that. I heard, had so many people message after they listened to that show and said, wow, I just never realized that you could go further than that. No. And so they are powerful. And I'll tell you, we are excited. I want to learn a little bit more about you um, after our, our commercial break here. And, um, and I, if, if you're listening right now and you have any questions for Mike, please don't hesitate to, to uh, call into the show and we'll take your call on air and you can ask him some questions yourself about uh, TED Talk or any of his, his, his uh, shows that he's, he's had in the past. So, Uh, Hold tight. We're going to come back after break, and we're going to hear more from the amazing Mike. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. 
The Greg Reed Show takes you behind the scenes with some of the most successful entrepreneurs and influencers the world has to offer. Greg S. Reed is known as a master storyteller and a highly sought-after motivational keynote speaker. You'll learn that successes have their downsides and challenges as well. Find out how Greg and his guests have overcome these challenges to become some of the top influencers today. Listen to The Greg Reed Show, Mondays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Influencers. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit VoiceAmerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to Coffee with Christy. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather ask or comment by email, send them to Christy Dryling at att.net. Now, back to Coffee with Christy. And we are back, guys. Listen, I was sitting here laughing with Mike because uh, uh, I read the wrong bio on Mike. I I think you guys caught that. So uh, we were laughing because, you know, what an appropriate story that he shared before about Catherine Scholl's story on wrongness. And, uh, you know, what I love about... um, learn, you know, taking that journey in, in the wrongness arena is how many times have we been wrong? Right. And, and, and when, when you're faced with doing wrong or messing up, uh, it's okay to laugh at yourself and just learn from the mistake and move on. I used to beat myself up all the time. I know many of you know, my book titles, LOL, because I thought it meant meant lots of love for a really long time. And I used to sign everything with LOL until somebody called me out on it. And I heard a lot of people in that process because I'm in the, you know, people building business. And when you would say, oh, you're okay, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, You're amazing at this, LOL. And then, you know. That's so funny, Christy, because, I mean, I could just see you saying, Oh, I'm so here, so sorry to hear about the untimely passing of your father. LOL. I know, I know, I know it. I mean, the stories go on and on and it is, it was okay. misperception, right? Wrongness. It's like, as I was reading your bio, your audit, your little biography here that my, um, assistant sent me, I was like, wow, I'm trying to imagine you in upstate New York and in the woods and. And, you know, I don't know you that well, but not that you couldn't do that, but I, I was like, well, I kind of see you differently. And so I was, my mind was open to exploring a different part of you that maybe I didn't, had not explored yet. These are all things I love. I'm just not, I'm just not an artist with a capital A, (laughs) maybe with a, maybe with a small A, but yeah, you know, when you were telling the story about your um, previous guest. Uh, and, you know, that when he was first pitching these ideas, it reminded me that, I mean, of 
you know, 15 or 20 years of working around ideas, the one thing that I've learned is that a truly good idea almost never sounds good the first time you hear mm-hmm. it. Because it, it means that you're you're breaking paradigms. It's not an incremental thing. You're breaking paradigms. You're you know, you're looking at the world in a very different way, or you're asking people to look at it in a very different way and try something very new and and so persevere, hashtag persevere. Oh, that's so true. I love that you brought that up because, you know, I have I have a tendency to be, uh, you know, the Walt Disney dreamer and, and inventive and always coming up with new ideas. But, you know, people don't realize that you have to keep energy in with your ideas. You have to keep believing it. You have to believe it before it comes to to fruition. And so, just because it's not manifesting itself right away doesn't mean it's not right. You have to you know in your soul when you know that you're supposed to do something. So. You know, I would I would love for us to dig in though and learn a little bit about like what you feel like your greatest accomplishment in life has been for you personally, Mike. I mean, and that could be with your family or your business or your spiritual journey. Could you share vulnerably with us what that would what that would be for you? Oh, that's interesting. You had the you added the V word there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Brene Brown, who's a uh, Certainly one of the most famous TED speakers ever gives that great talk about vulnerability. And anyway, so now that that's in my mind, I'm not (laughs) sure where to go. But, you know, maybe I'll take my kids off the table. But I do feel like it is um, certainly the greatest representation of, you know, a life well lived with a great family and and great family ritual and that sort of thing. But I would um, maybe kind of take it back around to I heard a new term a few weeks ago at uh, the Aspen Brain Lab, which is the new billionaires club. And I was scratching my head for a few minutes until they explained it, which was um, the new billionaires club is people that have somehow touched a billion people, you know, that they've Mm -hmm. had a billion or more kind of quote unquote impressions. And I think that if there's anything that will ever get me close to that, or maybe the millionaires club, uh, which I guess I'm already in, it would be through TED and Mm -hmm. also through intentional programming. And, And what I've, what I'm so proud of is just by accident or maybe uh, some rough planning have been able to align the work I do with uh, what makes me excited and, and interested in getting out of the bed in the morning with a little bit bigger step, which is kind of marrying in intentionality or intentional programming, whether uh, it's a dinner party or it's a, or it's Ted or it's bringing a film to, to my hometown of Kansas city and, and along with the filmmakers to, to kind of widen people's worldview on something, it is truly my greatest pleasure to kind of find these moments where you bring people together and, and give them the opportunity to see something that is provocative or inspirational and then watch them connect. I love that. And, I'm, I'm you know, since we are being vulnerable here, uh, you know, I know this may be a personal question, but um, do you have do you meditate? You know, what what do you do to keep yourself grounded and rooted? Daily, I, I do. I, you know, I have to say that I'm probably. Uh, I was so Western that it took me a long time to come around to the ideas of non-attachment and uh, to the power of meditation and and learning techniques that keep you from ruminating on the past or having these sort of chaotic projections of the future and like truly being in the moment. And I do have a daily meditation, although I can't call it quite daily. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If I'm being vulnerable, it's it's more like uh, when I need it and maybe a couple times a week and I wish more. But, you know, in just 15 or 20 minutes, I do find that it, it recenters me 
and brings me around to a place where I realize that, um, you know, that being in the moment means that you're not suffering. You know, suffering is worrying mm-hmm. about the future or uh, obsessively ruminating about the past. But when you mm-hmm. can be in the moment in that way, the, a lot more of the world opens up to you. And I think, frankly, you can be more intellectually connected to the, and, and emotionally connected to the world around you and, and able to do better every day than, than without the practice. Yeah, you know, meditation has absolutely changed my life. I've been doing it for a couple of years, and I learned transcendental meditation. And um, I, 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 my my teacher said to me a few months ago, he said, "So, Christy, have you been doing it twice a day?" And I said, "No, but I've been doing it once a day." GM twice a day, right? Yeah, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I said, "No, but I've been doing it once a day." He goes, "Christy, I want you to go right down." all the things, I want you to write in 30 things that you want to attract into your life in the next 30 days. And then after 30 days, I want you to get back to me. I was like, okay, whatever. And I wrote it down just because I'm a good, you know, student. And literally after 30 days, he checked back in with me and he said, did you go review your list? And I, I reviewed it and I couldn't believe it. More than half of the things that I had written down and it, it could simple things too. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I want a million dollars. I mean, <laughs> it was things that were, you know, relationship driven goals and all these different um, things that I just wanted to attract into my life. And they were, they, I had attracted and it, they had manifested themselves and I was blown away. So I was, I, I, I texted him and I said, I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm doing it twice a day, every day. <laughs> and I can, yeah, I think like, my Western interpretation is, uh, you know, I see that as an intentionality and like setting your intentions for the things that matter to you and, uh, and, and thinking more deeply about those things and in, in a more connected way are just more likely to, um, you know, to put them within the realm of possibility than uh, you know, fleeting thoughts. Gee, wouldn't it be nice if? Right. Or people compare themselves so much. You know, we all have these blueprints we've created of what we think we should be or should have been or done. And and I think a lot of people spend more time focusing on that than focusing on um, really creating the life they want. But also what I loved about what you said um you know, it, it, it made me think about just letting go and being in that present moment is so important because the blueprint maybe that you've created for yourself isn't as good as what the universe has for you, right? And um, and and it could be better. And so allowing yourself to be open to all opportunities, like I never thought I'd have a radio show. I, I wasn't, that wasn't on my blueprint, but I allowed myself to open up and I've had a blast doing it and interviewing cool people like you. So I know we have just, you know, about four or five minutes left. And since we're talking about vulnerability um, a little bit, (laughs) which is one of my favorite words, because uh, I just love being real, you know, and I spent most of my life not being real. I was trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be. But I think a lot of people do that. And I think it's, you know, this is the safe zone right here on the air on Coffee with Christie's. But do you have some regrets that you um, that you would want to share with the audience that you know really brought you down to your lowest of lows? And the reason I ask this question is because a lot of times people think, uh, well, gosh, you know, um, this is the only this is only happening to me. You know, I I had gone through some, t- you know, I was like a quarter of a million dollars in tax debt myself, and I remember just wallowing and I went to a depression and I called a friend of mine. He said, Christy, I lost $600 million in the, in the recession. 
And I said, okay, I feel a lot better about myself now. And then I got to work because I realized I'm not the only one, you know, and I know everybody has these, you know, these kinds of insecurities from their past or, you know, maybe they've dealt with them and they're not insecurities anymore. But do you have anything you want to share that that was a low point for you? Well, certainly in just a couple of minutes, there's uh, no way to more fully explore. But I think, you know, a lot of people the night before, uh, you know, they know they're going to wake up the next morning and be divorced, you know, is maybe one of the lowest moments that one of the lowest moments that you can have where you can certainly feel like a failure on a number of different levels. And, you know, and, you know, and I think this is why we need practices of intentionality and we need to um, be able to, you know, look, take those lessons and look forward. And, you know, I think, but maybe more in my daily life, I think always there is this nagging concern, you know, am I taking, am I only taking shots I know I can make? And I think that that is a problem that, you know, again, I think everybody at some level feels like, oh, I think I'm a little bit of a fraud here or, you know, or on the other side of it, you know, am I being too safe? And I, I think those two things probably follow me around enough that uh, every now and then, uh, you know, I ask myself that question. And the answers aren't always exactly what you want to hear back. And, and mm-hmm. that's good because it can propel you to take more risk and to push out a little bit further. Oh, I love that you shared that. There's a, a great book I just read this th- this month I want to share with everybody because it made me think of what you just said. It's called Extreme Ownership by Jocko, some, I can't pronounce his last name, but he uh, was a Navy SEAL. And what a powerful book. I'm, I'm, I really don't like reading, um, you know, anything action-packed or war stories because I'm like the rainbows and unicorn girl. But what he goes over in regards to extreme ownership ownership in areas of your life is pretty, pretty incredible, incredibly powerful. And I, I relate to you with that, Mike, because, you know, I, I too every day think, am I giving today the best day, you know, the best that I can in every aspect of my life, you know, my health and my family and my, my career and my finances and my passion. And, you know, and then I have to do a check in and say, what areas am I ignoring Okay, because I have a tendency to ignore the things I don't enjoy. <laughs> and I think we all do, right? right? <laughs> and then one day we wake Absolutely. up and it's like, crap. <laughs> okay, we got we to gotta get help here. And, and so uh, we have just a cu- two minutes left here. Is there one piece of advice that you would give our audience to help them through the rest of their week, month, and year in life that would just inspire them to to do something worth doing and to live with no regrets. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, uh, I mean, first of all, I think the journey of life is epic and there's such great opportunities. And I think the secret to happiness is good memories, you know, someone to share them with and something to look forward to. And I think in the, in that column of looking forward to it, uh, you know, I invented this term once provocateurism, you know, this idea, don't just go places go places to do things and, you know, put things in front of, you know, in front of you that are, are provocative and interesting and, and give you different and new experiences. And I found that in my life, if uh, whoever, uh, if I can find somebody to share that with, you know, like share that responsibility of surprising each other on a frequent basis, and whether it's taking responsibility for this weekend and I've got next or, you know, my, m- you know, our vacation I- this year is mine and next year it's yours. But just this idea of really intentionally thinking of how you're going to go someplace, do something really special, and you know, just connect more with, with where you are and who you're with. 
Great advice. And this is going to be a wrap for today's show. I'll tell you, we appreciate you, Mike. You really filled up our cups with some greatness today. And I know you're a busy guy, but keep doing what you're doing and making the world a better place. And great karma is definitely chasing you. So we uh, we appreciate you today. And for all of you who've listened in, um, you can check out Mike on which platforms can they find you and the well, good you work know, you're doing. Go find Go find, uh, go to TEDxKC.org. I think that's okay. the, the most fun place to hang out these days. And you'll see what I I'm agree. up to. I agree. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on our show, Mike. And uh, uh, Thanks for your kind words. Well, thank you. And everyone, it's been another great week with great speakers and um, people that are just doing such good work in the world. And I'm so grateful that you tune in live or you listen to this in your your days and your weeks. And uh, thank you for all of your emails um, and, and your inspirational messages of love that you send our way and sharing with us just how grateful you are for the radio show and the goodness that we're adding to your day. So until next time, I'll see you next Monday on Coffee with Christy. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining Christy Dryling for this week's Coffee with Christy. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Same time next week. 